you know, we, we noticed the drop off in quarter four. Uh, and I expected that to continue into quarter one. But, oh, no, I've been uh, completely surprised. Quarter one has started like the first half of last year. We have seen increasing numbers of inquiries. We've seen increasing numbers of, of visits and also sales. So we've so far, we have we're just over halfway through the month of January. We've had our best January on record. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the, the third, the third episode of the La Piedra podcast with me, Sean Woolley from Cloud9 Spain and Mark Sucklin from Spanish Property Insight. Uh, for those of you who don't know Mark, he's um, one of the top, I would say, commentators on the Spanish property market. He um, has a very informative website and keeps people abreast and up to date of what's happening uh, with the, the data from the authorities in Spain and um, so that you can make informed choices uh, based on what's been happening and also on what I'm going to tell you, which is kind of what, what's happening here on the ground and maybe get our crystal ball out and look into the into the future. So we hope between us we can we can cover most of it. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to um, have a little look at what's happened at the start of the year. We're going to be focusing on the new development market because it's a, it's a thriving market. It's um, We're always asked about new developments by by clients. So we're going to have a look at that and see where it's been and where it may be heading. And then we're going to finish with a question from one of Mark's uh, followers, which is very interesting, actually, because it, it, it brought to mind some examples that I can uh, I can give. So we'll do that at the end. And we promise we'll keep it a little bit shorter this uh, this month. We know that uh, we had so much to talk about, though, Mark, didn't we? Well, That's... no, I think the problem is we're both real windbags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, we are. And... Um, so we're gonna we're gonna limit it to half an hour because I listen to podcasts when I'm kind of getting ready in the morning and maybe I, you know when I'm having a shower I've got them on and certainly when I'm driving but I I I think half hour is a is a good uh, a good good it's time. the it's the right it's the right length yeah absolutely so Mark anything any news anything happening that we need to know about from the the perspective of the data what's what's going on in general there's been a downturn that as far as the data that we have which obviously lags what's going on today but there was a downturn in the set in the final quarter of, of last year mm-hmm. and so that was but it was inevitable it would have been had been booming for for a long time and and a and a downturn of sort of a settling down or a downturn had to come along at some time so that's mm-hmm. going to be showing up in the figures but just focusing on the uh, new market so those are newly built homes and their sales in spain which used to be back in the boom years and the construction boom, we're talking in 2005, six, seven. I mean, we, you know, we're old timers. We are constantly referring back to that period, uh, halcyon days. In fact, it was a terrible time. It was a very unhealthy period for the market and lots of things, but we've got into it a bit in our, in our previous conversations. But the, the, the amount, you know, Spain was building a huge amount and selling a lot of sales were taking place off plan and the market Mm-hmm. I was. Um, I, I don't know. I, I need to look it up, but I, I'm assuming it was close to 50 percent or even more in some uh, in some provinces of the mm-hmm. housing market. Then, of course, came the crash. And as I explained once before, housing starts, the new the new home building market uh, collapsed by 97 percent. So home building in Spain almost disappeared for about five years. Um, it's been recovering since about 2015. And then the latest figures I can see um, sales in Malaga province 
were new homes were 15% of the market in Malaga province. Okay. Yeah. Um, it would have been much bigger. It's been much bigger in the past. It's now backed and, and it's been much smaller in the more recent past, but um, it's now back to around 15% of the market. But that's looking at figures which lag the actual market because it doesn't include off plan sales. Is, is there a healthy percentage that it should be? You know, so if, if someone said, what's a healthy percentage of, of, of new build sales as a, you know, in, in terms of the whole market? Is there a point at which you think, okay, that's good, or that's too toppy, or you know, how do, it's, 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 are there any warning signs when it gets a bit, a bit over the, uh, over the, over the top? It's a very good question, and this is because sometimes there's a speculative building boom, and that so you get too many. I mean, well, there's another thing which is housing starts and or housing completion, so new homes built as a mm. percentage of the housing inventory. Yeah. Uh, and there's always, if it depends on demographic population increase or decrease, depends on the age of the housing stock. There must be for each country an optimum level of house building, whereby yeah. they're replacing an aging housing stock or building for new um, demand. Mm. And so you don't get these tightness and these these problems in the housing market where it becomes unaffordable and people, you know, it becomes a real problem for the society. And you see that clearly in the United Kingdom where they've been underbuilding for decades. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it creates trouble, real trouble. And it makes, uh, it makes housing <clears throat> very political. And so in answer to, I don't know what the, I'd love to know, but I think it varies from country to country and depends on yeah. its specific demographics and its housing stock and the, age and quality of that because you know you could have lots of houses but they're kind of cave houses or old yeah. built 200 years ago pokey small with that you know that's people don't want to live in that and i um, and i guess when you're looking at like the Mal malaga province or, or andalusia as a as, as a whole we can't we can't delve in in detail to kind of separate the the local market to the the second home market can we so again i guess there's two different different forces at play for each of those markets depending on the time and the you know yeah economic, economics of it all different segments need different types of housing and need a mm. different level of house building to to keep up with demand so when demand's growing and, and unfortunately because there's big lag you know between yeah getting conceiving of a project getting planning approval to purchasing the land and getting the financing and by the time you're actually delivering handing over keys to the front door it's for five i mean you know years later yes um, yeah so they and this is a big one of the risks of the house building industry is that you can you see a it's difficult to time the market you know people start building and by the time they've got their products ready the the, the demand has has peaked and is declining it makes it a riskier business than other industries where you can ramp up production very quickly in response to demand or, or absolutely or it's interesting because i was looking at a report i think it's from s p but um they, they were quoting a report from colliers which is quite a well-known and well-respected uh, property consulting firm and they were saying that the the real estate market in the province of malaga has been experiencing frenetic activity in 2022 which is something that we've said but the pace will slow down in the coming quarters due to the tightening of financing conditions by banks and that was a report published i think last week or the week before it stated that malaga 
presents in the case of the new housing segment the second highest absorption rate absorption rate in the country with a rate of 134% only surpassed by 154% in the Balearic Islands and ahead of the range of 70 to 79% presented by places such as Madrid Barcelona Valencia Seville this rate shows that all the homes that are built and delivered in Malaga province are quickly absorbed by demand, including any stock that may have remained from previous months. So they're saying that the report reflects that the spectacular behaviour of the Malaga case is due to both a significant increase in demand and a certain reduction in production in recent months, something linked to the uncertainties around construction costs, which we mentioned last time, and the delay which is still accumulating due to the stoppage that occurred in some works during the pandemic. Interesting, isn't it? It backs up what you're what you're saying that the the uh, amount of new builds has been um, has been high in 2022, just tailing off a little bit uh, towards the end of the year in terms of probably the absorption rate. But that absorption rate is is pretty high, isn't it? And it it actually backs up what we're experiencing on the ground, where you know normally speaking, if you've got a fairly level market which is behaving itself as you would expect, you would always expect that. In off-plan developments, there would there would always be a choice of stock. So you always get the first people in there, maybe wanting to secure the best prices and the best units. And then if things go steadily, if sales go steadily, there should be availability all the way through the construction phase, obviously diminishing stock, but you you know, there should be availability pretty much until the whole thing is launched. And you know, the developer obviously wants to sell them quickly, but we are noticing that there's hardly any choice. You know, we've got developments that are selling out after six months of release. Uh, so they're not even getting to, to put in the roof on and it's sold out. Or we're getting a lot of clients saying, yeah, I love that development, but they've only got two units left and they're both grotty because they face the wrong way and blah, 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 blah. So we're getting a situation where clients are either being forced into a resale market because they can't find what they want that's new and they don't want to wait, or they're having to do things like a self-built to get exactly what they want and have some control over it. Or they're having to go into an off-plan market, but on day one and wait for for two or three years. They're the options open to a lot of people who who want new stock. It's quite quite interesting right now. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that really is interesting. So, sounds like completed developments. So you can buy a new home. You can get the keys within weeks or a few months. You don't have to wait for a long kind of build out. Yeah. Although at that stage of the market of this of the product you get less customization and in recent years there's been much more customization which people really like you know they get to yeah. choose floor plans and other things which in the past it was just take it or leave it if this is the way we're it's been designed and we lump it so and of course and of course also people who are happy to buy like a resale on a new development so something that's maybe a few months old of course, what you've got to recognise is that you're probably going to pay a premium on the price that the previous person has, has has paid, because they were the ones that invested on maybe day one or month one, and they paid the the early price from the developer. And what you're doing, okay, you're getting something that's ready and able to move into, but you're, you're probably paying a premium over that price because you're not prepared to wait. And that's the the compromise, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But do you get the sense that there's a, a so that's for the uh, almost finished, completed uh, construction completion, or, or or close to. Mm-hmm. So you can 
you can but you don't have to have this long off plan period with stage payments you can almost sort of complete and yeah um, reserve and complete in a short period of time and you get you get possession mm -hmm. and presumably the community is already up and running but what about completely off plan so literally there's nothing they haven't even broken ground yet i don't know if they're even selling like that anymore on in down there yeah are they? they they are because we're we're well there's a lot of a lot of developments a lot of them are quite small and boutique so we don't have a huge amount of stock to offer people people think where are you talking of, Let, let's frame it first of all you're yeah. talking from, from which part talking of the coast from, pretty much from malaga down to soto grande so for instance okay. soto grande is a really good example because we're getting a lot of clients who who want to be in soto grande the school is one of the best if not the best on the costa del sol so a lot of wealthy families are looking to move to Soto Grande year round and to put the kids in the school. And a lot of them are coming over ideally with, you know, this September in mind. And so they're looking for somewhere that they can, that they can buy. And there's only, I think two or three off plan projects that offer all the bells and whistles, all the toys that people want. You know, we're talking about expensive stock. We're talking about, you know, three, four bed penthouses between one and two million euros, for instance. So it's a villa alternative, which a lot of clients want, particularly if they're new to the area. They don't want to get bogged down with a villa at this stage. They want somewhere easy, easy to maintain. They can walk the kids to school very, very straightforward. But they've either got to wait or they've got to rent. And the rental market is getting squeezed because we've got this, this, influx of people so it's it's a very interesting market a kind of lack of new stock and uh a, and a high demand from a from quite a demanding client base and it's it's interesting because as i say the the alternatives for people are wait rent buy something that might not be quite right uh, or move out of area and think again and uh you know you would think people with that when we get people with fantastic budgets and they come to us and they give us their wish list and you think in normal terms, you think, yeah, great client, we can do this. And you go out into the market and start searching around. And it's like, actually, this market is is tight. And mm. it comes as a great surprise to a lot of people. Mm. So that's sort of grande. But generally speaking, for the coast, yeah. is there a good selection of projects which are for sale off plan, but just nothing finished and ready to move into now? Or is it everything new is now... Because there was a period, correct me if I'm wrong, a few years ago, especially around Estepona, mm -hmm. uh, where, I mean, Marbella is a different story because it's, it's such a minefield. I, I don't know, you know, if you, it seems to me if you, you, to, you've got to have real, you know, um, guts to, to build in the Marbella municipality because, because of the planning situation still has, was so uncertain for so long. And yeah. therefore that was in a way good for the and that under the hill years and under the his subsequent mm. you know corrupt town hall periods there was mm. uncontrolled building and that was bad for marbella but then there's been if i'm not wrong years almost nothing built because just people couldn't take the risk and that yeah. so in a way it's been stuck in a it's been it's been frozen yes um yeah new building That's... in the, in marbella's municipality not the surroundings but that kind of pushed it out to places like estabona and down ben the Abbey. road yeah exactly. yeah yeah v very much so so ben Abbey and estabona have really they're the ones that have benefited most in in terms of the sort of california of europe marbella mm -hmm. worldwide brand thing because you're right in marbella it's been very very difficult to make a start i mean some developers had these things in the pipeline and they're coming to fruition now so but even now you know when we get a new development announced in marbella we're like first of all we're like really and then secondly <laughs> we're, we're all over it from a legal point of view to make sure that 
you know they've got the permissions and they've they've got all the licenses in place. Um, I think the days of of you know sticking a flag in the ground and saying new development, come on, give us your deposits. I think those days are gone for a lot of long reasons. gone, long yeah. gone. But you know, uh, you know, you're right. You do have to make sure that that licenses are in place. If licenses aren't in place then you you know and so a bank guarantee can't be issued for your funds you need to make sure that the funds aren't going to the developer that they're going to your lawyer who can keep uh, a close check on them until such time as either the developer gets their bank guarantee and gets their license in which case your money is protected or the developer can't get the necessary documentation in which case your money is refunded to you so that's just a little a little tip for the the off-plan market. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, Estepona, Benavis, you know, a lot of these developments, a lot of investors and a lot of buyers, they get in there on day one and they choose the, the best units. And they're the ones that are prepared to wait. And it might suit a lot of people to wait. They're the ones that are prepared to wait 18 months to two and a half years for the whole thing mm-hmm. to be finished. But we do get a lot of people who who want something of that quality. They want something that's new and shiny and but they don't want to wait. And I think since COVID, we all know now how long two years, two and a half years feels. And it, ooh, it was a bit of a drag, wasn't it? And I think it's given us a, a sense of our own mortality. And oh, that was, that sounded, also, the older you get, the, the older you get, the more yeah. value two years is. To, uh, Absolutely. Years. And we get a lot of people and they, you know, they, they say it jokingly. They might be in their 50s or 60s and they say, I haven't got, I haven't got two or three years to, to wait. And that you think, oh my God, because <laughs> I'm 53. But you, you know, it does sort of bring it home to you that, mm-hmm. yeah, if I've got 20 years left on the planet, two or three is a is a long, long time in, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So I think and, and what's what actually uh, we're doing now as well is is we're trying to bridge that gap because of course the problem with these new developments is that you do have to wait. And the, the glossy brochures look amazing and, you know, you, you can look forward to moving in there. And as I say, it suits some people to wait, whether they, you know, the kids are going to school in the UK, for instance, and then they want to move over. And But we're getting involved in eco builds, you know, where, where um, developments can be built or certainly villas can be built with without the traditional brick and block structure, but in a mm-hmm. almost like a prefabricated block. That's then in, you know, you build it up, you build it up into a wall and then you build the wall and then you infill with concrete. And, you know, you can build about four or five times faster with this method. Mm -hmm. Um, And it brings the construction time down from sort of 18 months to six months on a on a house. And six months is palatable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 18 months isn't. So we're getting quite heavily involved with that. That's that kind of development to overcome that objection about the timescales. Um, because mm-hmm. it's something that it's something that people can put the deposit down, they can reserve the property, and then they haven't got long. It's, it's six months and it's done, and then we they, then they can take possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's attracting a lot of interest, I think, because it's not much cheaper, uh, but it, it saves money because of time. So it's it's certainly you know you get your product in a shorter amount of time, but you also get a, 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 an A-rated efficiency certificate. You're not really paying for any energy bills, which, of course, is massively appealing at the moment in the current climate. Um, so that's something we're really focusing on because we see that as the future. Uh, of course, there's been resistance to it from the Spanish authorities. You know, it took a long time for the building system to be approved in Spain because mm-hmm. you're putting builders out of work. Uh, if it takes six yeah. months to construct something rather than 18, yeah, you know, so we've, old, we've had a bit of... poor old bricklayer. Yeah, that's right. I know, I know. So we've we've had a bit of resistance, but we've got there in the end. But um, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see the market heading that way. 
uh, and already mm -hmm. some some large scale apartment developments are are being built in that fashion mm -hmm. of a sort and that's um that again has, has proved very popular with with buyers mm. but if you're um predominantly in the foreign market and the second mm. home market mm. i guess not so yeah. focused on local local buyers and um the, in that segment so the second home and foreign segment uh, of the of your clients what are they looking for are they are they kind of indifferent between does does some come in i presume some come in they just they want new and others don't want new and some are indifferent but what what is it how, how does it work out and, and then of course as the agents can steer people in one direction or another yeah but what's the how does it work out in the end today in the segment this segment that i've identified so the foreign and second home segment what's it's the really, yeah it's 30 really 50 percent what, what's the what's the I've, overall i looked at the stats for 2022 and 2021 and it's pretty much 50 50 both years okay. And, you know, I think that's the way that we try and capture our leads because we advertise not only new developments, but we also advertise what we call prolific uh, resale developments. So places that have already been established and built and people know them, they may have holidayed there already or they've got friends who bought there. So I think that's, that's mainly because of the the, um, the marketing that we do. But I'd like to see the figures across the board from a number of agents because it would be very interesting. And you're right what you say about steering people in certain directions. I mean... You know, when I first arrived on the coast 20 years ago, there used to be, it was almost like a, not a timeshare philosophy, that's the wrong word, but there was a, there was a pattern that we were trained, which was show them a few, you know, show a client a few dodgy resales with dodgy, <laughs> dodgy kitchens and bathrooms. Put-offs. Put show yeah. them the put-offs, no? And then you, then you take them to the new development down the road with the, with the amazing show home and, you know, then you sell them a bit of fresh air. And yeah. um, that's what you go for because it looks amazing. It feels amazing. It tastes amazing. Uh, okay. You've got to wait a little bit, but wow, it's better than those grotty things that, that you know, mm. you saw half an hour earlier. So those mm. days have gone, be mm -hmm. well, predominantly gone because I think clients now have far more research than they were 20 years ago. They kind of know where they want to be, what they want to do, how much they want to spend. And they're often telling us, you know, they'll say, what about that? What about that development Dominion Beach down the road? I've heard about that. We're like, oh, hang on a minute. Mm. So I think things have moved on and you can't, well, I say you can't, but I think some agents still still do hoodwink clients mm. and uh, sell new stock, even though it's, you know, pretty Not poor. the right, it's not the best choice for the client. Yeah, plan. I mean, you know, we we have developments, for instance, that you know, they, they might be three hundred thousand for a two bed apartment, and it's 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 not great. It's in an area like a little bit of wilderness, but five minutes up the road, you can buy for the same price. You can buy a fantastic resale apartment on a beautiful development and and move in tomorrow, kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you got to be got to be careful. So, what's this? There's a is there a um, price difference? I mean, if you were to buy res the resale to new. Assuming mm. you've got new product, which is key in hand, ready to move into, and a, a similar product that is five years old and has been used, you know, is being yeah. sold by a by a prior owner. Yeah. Um, the, the, I I read, I remember a few years ago seeing some people talking about this unjustifiable premium for new, mm. and that you could, you know, twenty thirty. I mean, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a significant price that you could buy not a bad re, you know the resale of course you have to in many cases you do some painting or some sort of yeah. um, cosmetic yeah because if just for preferences but or, or not but most of the time there's this, there's this sort of feeling that you have to do something to mm -hmm. to to improve the condition and yeah. um 
that puts off a lot of people. Yeah, it does. It, it does. And, you know, it, it, if there's, if, I mean, there certainly is a new bill premium. I think that's accepted around the world. And normally I would estimate it's between 5 and 10% mm -hmm. of, you know, a, a, an identical unit that's 5 mm -hmm. or 10 years old, which, of course, is very hard to find an identical unit because a lot mm -hmm. of these new developments, they are built for today's clients. So they, they mm -hmm. tend to have a few more things like a few more amenities on site. They might have a, a heated pool. They might have 24-hour security. They might have a co-working space, which adds value to mm -hmm. the buying proposition. So although you're buying the same square meters as the resale in the development next door, you're actually buying uh, more things that the community can, can offer. But yeah, I think there's always a, uh, a premium for new build. The interesting thing is that if you can secure a property in a new development that's offered on, say, day one, and the prices are genuine, almost like pre-launch prices with a discount, then you can can do quite well out of it i know that taylor wimpy for instance which is a very well-known uk based um house builder that's what they do they always you know, and they're very open about it they'll say look we're going to be releasing this new new development um tomorrow the prices are starting at three hundred thousand, and we're going to put the prices up in three months and then again in six months and nine months and they do and so mm -hmm. you'll find you know i, I wish it was during the pandemic uh it was, it was during the recession the 2008 thing and they had a, a building, um, a development in San Pedro de Alcantara next to Puerto Bonus, and they were selling three-bed apartments for, all, I think, 295,000 euros. And now, second-hand ones there uh, are, are selling for 500,000. You mm -hmm. know, so they, they've almost <laughs> doubled in price in, in 10, 12 years. So, But they're very open about that. And we say to clients, look, if you invest on day one, you're going to get the best price. In, in conclusion, in the Costa del Sol, the new development market, is in it's just ticking on this neither going it sounds like it's characterized at the moment if anything by a, a certain shortage i think there's a slight shortage of uh, of supply uh mm -hmm. we thought and just to to go back to what we said last month you know we we noticed the drop off in quarter four uh and i expected that to continue into quarter one but oh no i've been uh, completely surprised quarter one has started like the first half of last year we have seen increasing numbers of inquiries. We've seen increasing numbers of, of visits and also sales. So we've, so far, we have, we're just over halfway through the month of January, we've had our best January on record in terms of sales numbers and revenue. And all, and as I say, normally it's a 50-50 split, but this month it's all been new. It's all been new stock. And we've sold stuff over the phone, via Zoom. You know, and I think, I think what it is, is it's people who maybe got spooked quarter three, quarter four, with all the headwinds mm -hmm. that were, were coming our way with the, the inflation, the cost of living crisis, uh, interest rates. I think people now have kind of got over that that shock of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think the messages from a lot of governments is that it's okay, things are calming down. Certainly inflation seems to be coming down. Interest rates are forecasted to come down. So I think people now are going, okay, yeah, we understand. Mm -hmm. We're going to go again. And uh, that's what we're, we're seeing and noticing here on the ground. Very good. Well, that's encouraging. Hmm. Um, and let's see. Well, it's early days in this year. Let's see what yeah. happens. But like I said at the beginning, I think that the overall sales figures are trending down. Yeah, that was in, uh, but only trending down in, in year on year terms. They're yeah, still quite near record highs. But high. let's see where yeah, they, let's see where they are. So I was sent a question, which I'll read to you, and see what you say. If there are more than two interested parties in a property. What happens? Uh, he's 
I've been in it, so, you know, I'm paraphrasing, I've been in a situation yeah. once that seems there's no mechanism in place to allow a bidding war to take place or even allow any offer above the asking price to try and secure the property. Are there any legal issues or rules in, to prevent offers over asking price being placed? Or is it simply that agencies want to close the deal to get the commission at the ceiling price that has already been established? And, and a follow-up uh, second part of the question is if two buyers both place an offer at the asking price or at the similar price, then what criteria is used to choose who gets the property without discrimination? And this is specifically in Catalonia, mm. but it has to be the same in there's mm. no regional Catalan laws that that decide no you can't offer more than the asking price it's free right you can offer exactly you can offer you as can much offer. as you want you can offer exactly what you want and we've had we don't get it often but we've had a couple no, three examples of properties that have gone for above asking price because we had a little bit of an auction situation emerge mm -hmm. which is something as a buyer you don't want to get involved in because then you're going to be paying well you're going to be paying a higher price than the asking price whether it's the the right price or not is another matter but if you really want the property and you've got the money to do it, then you know we would always say, look, it's 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 your choice, and we will mm -hmm. we will always give you a guide on what the property is truly worth. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, greed can get in the way if you've got two or three buyers after the same thing. It's like any auction, isn't it? If you really want something and you're prepared to pay over the odds, then yeah, you'll you'll you'll, you'll pay. Well, over that's the odds. and you're not paying over the. I mean, if there's if you're the vendor is in the happy position of having. Yeah, queue if it's people a queue. You know, several yeah. people want to buy. Then let them fight it out on price. Yeah, because um, I mean, you know, you can you can put a deposit down, so you can agree. So, say for instance, I wanted to buy your house, and we agreed a price. I would pay you a reservation deposit normally, and that would fix the deal, give us a little bit of time to look at the legals and all those sorts of things. But if you had a better offer for somebody else, there's nothing really stopping you from. Mm -hmm taking that offer you might in the contract that we have initially it might be that hang on a minute if you sell it from under my nose then you might have to give me a little penalty but it, if it's only a few thousand and somebody mm -hmm. else is offering you twenty thousand more mm -hmm. you, you'd, you'd be absolutely right to take that it might be offer. worth worth your while yeah. taking it so yeah. there's no legal reason why you can't offer more than the asking price no. that's the first part of the question no absolutely and the second not. part so what if you get uh two equal offers two buyers yeah prepared to pay the same amount yeah and how do you you know couldn't you be in any position to be accused of discrimination or anything if you go for one rather than the other if, if they're all both offering this exactly the same amount of money and i presume sometimes actually you would go for the buyer that looks like the safer option to complete yes um, that's that's what that's what normally happens so there's no i think that there's any bias involved other than which buyer is in a is in the best position and that that's the one i would go with so i would speak to each agent and say okay your your buyer and your buyer tell me the situation tell me do they need a mortgage how long do they want to you know complete blah 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 blah, blah. and the one that sounds like less hassle is, is the one that i would say yep it's yours regardless um, of their race or a sex or preferences i mean you know it makes sense the buyer the vendor just wants to get if you're selling you know you, you that, that's the only issue is yeah. Who's gonna? Who's more reliable? Yeah, it shouldn't come into it any other any other matter. The only thing that I would say, and I'm being really honest, is obviously in the current climate, if it's money coming from Russia, mm -hmm. um, there's a chance that it might never get out because mm -hmm. of the sanctions and various things. So that's the only thing to really kind of bear in mind. And we've had people saying, "Yeah, my client's Russian, but he's got money in Dubai or wherever." 
still you need to get a lawyer just to check that the money is available for purchase otherwise you could be waiting a long time for that money to be to be released so you've got to you got to act a bit smart but just one little little story to tell you before we, we sign off we had a i had a lovely client who i've been working with for about two years no it was about 18 months trying to find a, a really good place and we found somewhere it was actually in los flamingos golf resort lovely place which i knew really well i was living there at the time and i took him to look at this villa and i think it was priced at 1.3 million i think it was which wasn't about sounds a lot of money it is a lot of money but it wasn't a bad price for in fact it was a very good price for that area and my client thought yeah he took a look at it on a saturday morning he said i can i can make this work this is really good i really want it and i said to him i said well look they've just had another viewing in fact as we walked in the other people were coming out you know and it, I, I said i think i think they're going to make an offer and we ended up making the same offer on the on the property as the other clients so i and the agent who was who was who was listing the property said look this is we don't want to get into a bun fight here the first person to pay 10 percent, which is the, the the sum that you would normally pay to sign a private purchase contract the first person to do that and sign contracts gets the house so we transferred over the phone i think it was 1.2 or sorry 120,000 into the lawyer's bank account got the lawyer to work on a Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning to get the contract signed. So our client signed the contract, paid 120000 as a 10% deposit on the final agreed price and flew home thinking, great, I've just got a really good deal. I've paid 10% and I've got somebody else out of the way, another buyer who was also after the property. We get a phone call. The client goes back Sunday night. We get a phone call Monday morning from the lawyer saying, I'm really sorry, but the other the other buyer has come back with an offer of 1.4 million and has completely blown everybody out of the water. Mm. And the owner is minded to accept. So we're like, well, hang on a minute, because if the owner accepts that other offer, okay, they're getting another 200,000 euros, but they've got to, they've got to pay our, our money back. Mm. Anyway, it, it actually, it was, it was more than that. They offered, I think they offered 1.5 or 1.6, just blew us out of the water. But what it meant was that the vendor had to return our 120,000 euros and pay us 120,000 euros penalty. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did. <laughs> so my, yeah. my, my client for coming to Marbella for a weekend made 120,000 euros. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, can we do this again next week? <laughs> <laughs> but he made 120 grand. Yeah. for doing nothing for transferring yeah. a bit of money and yeah, um yeah. well but that that's, it's not it was a, that yeah, lucky happen. break it, yeah. it was a lucky break it doesn't happen often and you know he wasn't that in love with the house that it caused him any emotional pain but yeah. it was funny you know can i can i come and do this every weekend so like, yeah you yeah. can if you want <laughs> very good well that was uh the hope that i answered i mean it's clear you know there's no there's no reason for bidding more and there's no there's no risk of discrimination because it's in the vendor's interest, we'll just go with the best looking yep. offer and whoever yep. you know signs the reservation and pays the deposit the quickest. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay. I think it's also good to remind people who are listening, if you do have any questions, to let us know. You know, just uh, our email addresses will be at the, the foot of this video. So let us or know. Put them in, the, any... or in the comments. Yeah, you know, just, just let us mm. know if there's any questions and we can cover them uh, next time as we, as we mm-hmm. go through. So, um, yeah, unless there's anything else, Mark, we should... Um, nope. Only five minutes over. Over. We're time. getting better. We're getting, We're getting more, better. 
We're getting tight. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we're getting better at this, Sean. Well, you've called me a windbag, an old timer <laughs> today. You know, any more insults before I go? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're, you're like a guru to me, Sean. Oh, yes. And, and you too. Likewise. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for your, your time. Have a lovely day. I can see the sun's coming out. Yeah. So yep. Uh, you enjoy yourself and we'll catch up next month. Speak next month. Yes. Many thanks, Mark. Thanks, then. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.